get ready to learn business strategies and insights from America's top entrepreneurs, creators, and thought leaders here at the Success, Motivation, and Inspiration Podcast. You are listening to M. Curtis McCoy, best-selling author, CEO of Best Cellular, and your host for Success, Motivation, and Inspiration. Ryan, hey, I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Ryan. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, I appreciate your time, Curtis. Um, very excited to come on and talk to you and um, kind of share what I'm doing and what's going on, where we hope to go in 2020. Cool. Um, I'll start off asking you a few questions here. First off, what is your personal definition of success? Well, that's a great question. So um, <laughs> personal definition of success for myself is when uh, I am doing something that doesn't feel like work. I think that's that's probably the best way to put it. Um, I've really kind of in the last 18 months stumbled onto um taking my past adversity and trying to use that in a creative way moving forward. And um, I'll tell you really what the pinnacle for me is, is when I do a podcast interview and I am exhausted at the end of it, and I'm not even the one telling the story um, because I had to draw out and and it, th- th- I was able to get that person to tell it, go on such an emotional roller coaster. I haven't had that feeling since uh, I was in the Navy. I was in the Navy from 94 to 98 and I was a, a flight deck director. And so at a very young age, I had kind of all this um responsibility, you know, and removing jets around, you're doing all this stuff. A, a lot of the work is 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 not glor- glamorous by any means, but it's that kind of thrill. And, and uh, I really for 20, 22 years didn't have that. And so my definition is, is being able to be part of those types of scenarios where you're helping somebody uh, who's going to ultimately help other people. I really love seeing people succeed. And so success to me in a nutshell is, is helping other people succeed. Cool, man. I absolutely love that definition. That's great. Yeah. Hey, and you've gone through some pretty crazy medical issues. Yep. Uh, you mind sharing a little bit of that with yeah, me? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in 96, uh, 1996, I started to notice I had some really odd things going on um, within my body. So at the time I was stationed in Bremerton, Washington, which is um, the Puget, just in, in Seattle, the Puget Sound, it's where there's a lot of naval stuff going on up in that area. And um, the, the reason that time frame is so distinct for me is because our ship was in dry dock. So basically I was on an aircraft carrier. They pull your, your ship into like a giant bathtub, literally. They set the ship on blocks. They drain it all. It's the almost uh, the, the weirdest thing. When you see an aircraft carrier, aircraft carrier, a ship in general up that close, it really is imposing. Um, to see them not in water is a whole nother facet. It's just odd. And so I just really remember that time frame very vividly. But uh, I, I was always been somebody, as I know you have, I was really into working out and I was getting really strong, extremely strong. Um, and I was, you know, 2021, you know, I could bench press 225 pounds, 30, 35 times. I could bench press 315, like 16, 17, 18 times. And uh, it just was like natural. Every time I would go bench, it would get, it was more and more and more. And so I knew either I was getting really strong or somebody was slipping me steroids. And I didn't know what was going on. 
Somebody was ejecting me in the rear end and I had no idea. So it was just this weird dynamic. So when I was going through these kind of fits of rage, it really felt now looking back like I was on steroids, quite honestly. Fast forward to the fall of 1997, I went through a period of about three to four weeks where my bottom jaw actually grew out. So I went from a normal overbite to an underbite in the matter of about three or four weeks. And so that was kind of this perpetual motion of eventually I was diagnosed in 2000 with a pituitary brain tumor and a pituitary brain tumor is is uh, was categorized for me as acromegalia. So that's the disease I have, um, which is basically a form of giantism. You have these freaky things that kind of happen to you. So I'm six four. I'm not, you know, eight foot nine. But there's those characteristics are the same or they, they, they are in that same uh, family tree of, of diseases. And so um, my hands are bigger. My head got bigger. All this weird stuff here. Actually, all this stuff you hear when, when you hear somebody that takes too many steroids, quite honestly. So I had a natural steroid running through my body. And so um, it caused a lot of growth hormone. That's what it is. So I went from never knowing what an IGF is all of a sudden to being an expert in, in, in um, all of these things that uh, have to do with your pituitary gland. When they took the tumor out, my tumor was the size of a lemon. They actually go up through the top of your mouth. It's a very weird procedure. And they pull out the tumor uh, that way. And then they cut out skin out of your stomach and they pack it in your nose to stop spinal fluid from coming out. And so that was the first step into this kind of journey I've had um, with uh, uh, dealing with the disease. It doesn't go away, it's very rare. Um, and it's very rare to have the complications of it. A lot of people actually have pituitary tumors uh, when they're when when you pass away and they, they if you, they have an autopsy done on you. A lot, most of them though, just don't um, manifest themselves. They're just kind of there, <clears throat> excuse me. And so um, that was kind of the step. I had reconstructive jaw surgery. They cut out bones in the back. They pushed my jaw back. That's a whole process within itself. It's funny, you know, you go through these things and um, I really hid from it for a long time, Curtis, because I, it kind of changed the way I looked. And, and it wasn't until I figured out that it could actually work in my favor. Uh, and now, now, now I really am getting into speaking and talking about it. There's are so many humorous things that go along with this. When I came out of surgery, I had a catheter. If you never had a catheter, uh, yeah, I, re I really just encourage you, just, just go have one done to see how much fun it is, if you have it, right? Well, when they tell you the tumor, yeah, yeah, go ahead, sorry. I, I'm going to stop you right there real quick. Yeah. That is the first terrible advice I've ever got from any <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Ever. Well, that's what I do. That's what I do. I give terrible advice, yeah. So uh, it's it's it's... I'll tell you what, I wasn't awake when they put it in, but I sure was awake when they took it out. And that was about the most uncomfortable part of it, too. So there's there's your catheters in uh, for the week. But um, it's funny when I was being wheeled out of actual brain surgery. I remember a couple of things. I remember my sister's voice and and uh, I got really sick, which is a whole nother part of my story, this, the anesthesia. But the catheter was feeling with urine, the bag, because the pituitary gland was just was tore out and the bag was falling off the side of the bed. If you know what I'm saying, it was like a whole process. So, um, but there's things like that that really are, are interesting to people now. And I just didn't realize it. So yeah, acromegaly is what I have. That was a long-winded way of saying, Curtis, that's kind of what I'm dealing with. The, uh, that actually, when you when you mention those bench numbers, that sounds like I, something I might be interested in. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, no, you know, it was it was freaky strong, and you know, to the point where people would just kind of stare and go, "What is going on?" And you know, this was before 
you know, the combine was publicized. You know, the stuff you see now is a bit people want to know how much they bench, bench press. And um, it just, you know, I had a natural steroid. My IGF level, which is your growth hormone level at its height. It's a light growth factor, yeah. Exactly. At its height was almost 1,900. Normal area, they want you to be between 200 and 400. And I was off the charts. And so, you know, <clears throat> the way I was diagnosed was very weird. But had I not been, eventually that, that tumor is going to explode. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You, you hear guys, you know, they, 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 they just clamor over the fact of just get any type of growth hormone. Where do you get it? You know, where, how can I, I have more than I know what to do with. Yeah. I'm trying to block what I have. So it's just a weird dynamic, but yeah. That's a, a funny thing with, you know, part of my history, I, I owned a cosmetic medical laser franchise and a white label compounding pharmacy right. where we'd have uh, IGF one, long or three regulated right. mechanical growth factor, growth hormone, yeah. different things manufactured that people were ordering, you know, professional athletes were ordering sure. because yeah. it was untraceable hormones that, you know, they're, they're peptide hormones that work yep. similar to the growth hormone without the side effects and without being able to be tested. So right. that's, uh, when you're mentioning the, the amount of, of IGF you had running through your system, yeah. I was thinking, wow, that would be a, you know, you don't ever talk to a pro bodybuilder that, that does that kind of, yeah. those kind of it's, levels. So it's scary. And it really, you know, the thing is, it's like, um, it's like you wake up every day and you just got done working out and, and I didn't realize it at the time, but that's, that's how it was. I mean, I, I was kind of a freak show in the gym. There was people who were stronger. Don't, don't get me wrong. It went, what, but it's how I looked. It's just, you, it's, it's, you, you kind of had to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I wasn't running marathons by any means. My job was to, to move weight. And so, um, I was one of the, you just, Again, at the time, I didn't realize I was using it to my advantage. I had no idea. It was like, I didn't take steroids. I didn't do any of that stuff. I I, I, I don't even like taking aspirin. I'm on so many drugs now because of what I have. But, um, you know, it's just it's it, it was my my lucky number was drawn to get the disease. And, and that's how it worked. Wow. That's uh, yeah, that's funny. A lot of the guys that are that are taking illegal injectable steroids are. Right. Growth hormone and things like that. Probably jealous of you in the gym there. With oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I would have people come to me all the time and say, what do you eat? I'm like, dude, I eat whatever. And by the way, when I get done working out, I'm going out and smoking a pack of cigarettes and I'll probably drink beer too. I mean, it's like I didn't, the nutrition part of it, that didn't exist, dude. I didn't care. That wasn't part of it. You guys, you know what I mean? So I was doing everything that everybody else wasn't trying to. I didn't take any supplement. Oh, here's a great part of it too. Like, so I was, I got into, I was going to like, I'm going to take creatine. In the summer of 1998, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa had this baseball home run competition going on, if you recall, right? So I was in the Persian Gulf from almost all of it. So we would get a feed through CNN or whatever channel on our ship a day or two after. So we were watching this home run contest the whole way through. Well, during that time is when Mark McGuire got really big and he was taking creatine. That was a big thing then. So I bought creatine and it was making me sick. So when you compound creatine on top of an IGF level, that's enough steroids to kill a horse. Yeah. It just, it like, it was shutting me down. So um, I didn't take any of that. It was just all natural. And, and uh, you know, looking back on it now, it's just, it's really, it's, I'm pretty lucky that nothing else really happened. The jaw yeah. thing really affected me. Um, it, it was, uh, it, it was, it, it, it just really changed the way I look. It changed the way I look. From a standpoint of when I went in, the, the pictures I have in 1994 versus 1998, I look like two different people. 
Um, and you can see that on my website. If you go to Ryan Live, it I have those pictures, and, and it doesn't even look like the same person. Did you end up with a distended abdomen and the you know, the features that doesn't look like you got the a little bit? Yeah, I did a little bit. Yeah, I mean, my head size got bigger. I mean, that was the weird thing too. So by the the summer of '98, really a biggie because when I was on a flight deck, you had to wear uh, a cranial, and um, and it. I constantly is like, what the hell? Is somebody coming to my cranial and making it smaller when I'm sleeping? What is going on? There was constantly moving with my head, and I was really tired that summer. When you work on a flight deck in the Navy, you don't get any sleep. You're there to do one thing. You're there to to, to be up at – when they tell you to get up and you're going to bed, you're not getting that much sleep. You're doing flight ops continuously. And yeah. so um, it really kind of sucks. Uh, but – I was really tired. I mean, you're going to be tired, but I, something was off. Now looking back on it, um, here's another weird thing. So we had a crew that was on there from uh, Naval Training, uh, and they were doing a test with looking at having ice packs in our vests when we were in the Persian Gulf because it's really hot. You got to wear all this clothing because if, if there's fires. And so they 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 kind of inject you with this 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 the thermometer to test all your readings. Well, my readings were off the charts, just completely odd. And it was because I was, I had all these other things going on in my body and they were just enamored with my scores and um, what my body was doing in the heat. And while it was, I'm lucky I didn't die looking back on it. It's, it's really because I just, I had so many other things going on that were flooding my system. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. And you've turned that into an awesome podcast and, and a uh, thing that we're now you're bringing other people on. You had me on earlier with uh, interviewing folks that have gone through their yeah. medical issues and, and yeah, yeah. turned that yeah. into a huge thing where you're motivating and inspiring yeah. other people. And so you want to share a little bit about your yeah, podcast? Absolutely. So our podcast, yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called Revealing Healing Motivational Stories. And I apologize. My background's a little, always way cooler than this. I, my my Wi-Fi is just not cooperating today, so I apologize. But um, that's where we do the podcast. So the, the premise came from I have to go to the doctor pretty regular all the time, quite honestly. And, you know, like I was talking talking about. I really kind of hid from acromegaly. I wasn't on social media at all up until this year. Actually, well, yeah, still this year in January, February, I just kind of did my own thing. And I, and I just, I just, it took me a long time to really get over how I looked. And, and this funny thing, two things happen. I, I go to the doctor all the time and I was in the waiting room and I'm endocrinologist and I'm, uh, I'm like, I would love to interview people who have what I have. Let's get all the freak shows together and let's just interview each. Let, let me interview them, right? And then it turned into, well, I'll just interview people who had brain tumors because we can talk, right? I don't know. We we both can, we'll go toe-to-toe on stuff. And then it was like, okay, I'll just interview people who have had motivating health stories. And that's what it morphed into. We went live last year or this year. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting we're not in 2020 quite yet, but we 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 went live with the first episode. I was lucky enough to get Montel Williams, who came on and talked about his MS, and, and it's been a free for all ever since. We've talked about everything from MS to abuse uh, to suicide attempts to cancer to people having their legs blown off in Iraq. You you name it, we've covered a lot of it, and it's been really cool because. And Curtis came on um, just before we're doing this one, and um, and that's what I was talking to you. You know, when you ask Curtis, what is the definition of success? It's getting people on to share these stories. Um, because they're so phenomenal what people are able to do. You're a great example when the release is just, where did all that come from? How did you find the will to get through that, to power through it? And I'm just fascinated by the techniques and the therapies that people use. Um, some of it's based on their childhood, I've noticed. Some of it's based on just who they are. Um, and it's really 
it's allowing me to, 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 to put together a collection of amazing stories and amazing insight. And uh, at some point, I really want to share that more. It's, it's, it's one of those things where people come on. I think sometimes we get guests on and they're a little nervous, you know, because we're, we're trying to get people on who don't get a voice all the time. But they have crazy stories and and they'll be a little nervous. Well, I don't know if I really want to share this or I don't know if we really want to talk about it. And then they tell their story and you can see the light bulb go off on their head. It's like, oh, my God, this was awesome. Like I, yeah. I've been I just shared stuff I've never shared with anybody. So uh, it's a great podcast. Again, it's Revealing Healing Motivational Health Stories. We, we release two podcast episodes a week and we have a huge 2020 coming in, including with yours truly. Uh, Curtis McCoy. So we're very excited about getting yours out there too. Thanks so much. And uh, there'll be a link to your podcast in the bottom of your show notes on this page. Um, yeah, that was, I just think that's so cool that you've turned that, that negative yeah. into a, into such a, like you said, giving somebody a voice that's never had the yeah. ability to share it. Well, it, here's the thing too, Curtis, and this is something that we'll be releasing into 2020. So um, we're, I'm creating this platform called Adversity University. And it's it's a way to draw people out who have been through tremendous adversity, get them into a structure to show them everything they've learned and how they can use that to do these other things. Um, whether it's through podcasting or speaking or creating apps. I just, here's how I look at it it's in this terms, okay? If you look at a river that uh, uh, a, a, a wild animal has to cross to get to the other side. In between in that river is the adversity. They got to get through the waves, the current, other animals, whatever. So they focus so hard just to get to the other side of the river that when they get to the other side, huge accomplishment. But in my opinion, that's only the first step in the journey. Now you owe it to yourself to take all that you learned to get through that river and carry it forward. And that's really what we want to try to do. I think people just don't um, or, 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 or are paralyzed from moving forward with what they just learned. And that's really what we try to draw. I think you get superhuman powers. We talked about it earlier with you. You, you, you were able to do these amazing things. You were doing these amazing things before, but some people it takes longer than others. Some never get them. And so we want to try to draw that out for more people. We're, we're in this age of all of this media and opportunity. And I think that people who have suffered need to realize that they have some skills that, uh, that, that can allow them to do more. And what you're doing there with, like you said, people that have never been on a podcast or never yeah. been, never been comfortable sharing their story. Right. Uh, that's so cool that I'm sure a lot of folks, once they get done sharing that story the first time, they're going, wow, there's somebody's yeah. interested in that. And also they could turn yeah. that into a, you know, like a, talking about a like, platform. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Dude, I, we get it all the time. And that's where the kind of diversity university started. I have people reach back up. Hey, how do I get into doing this or speaking? And these are people who were terrified to come on the show. Here's the other thing. I, I, We've had some pretty famous guests on the show as well. I'm telling you right now, they've told their story so many times. It's these people you get on who've never shared it. And and they've never shared some of this with anybody. You're like, oh, we had Kena Hart came on at the end of this year. She had a two-parter. She had her arm uh, tore off in Alaska working a summer job. Just amazing story. Amazing story. Now she's a really big motivational speaker. But even she was telling stuff in the podcast that she'd never told anybody. And it's very emotional. Even people break down in them. And um, you're absolutely right. I love being able to give people the opportunity because I'm, I'm getting an opportunity to talk to you on your show. You're somebody who's been doing it longer than me. So um, I think that means a lot to people uh, when they get that shot. And um, there's a ton of people out there who just need to be pushed a little bit and they can be very successful. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I appreciate you doing that. Um, those couple of questions, I added about 20 minutes worth of worth of questions that I didn't, uh, didn't expect to ask you, but 
as we were chatting, I was just just blown away by what you've what you've done with that. What what could have been oh, yeah, just an affliction? That's so, great. I'm I'm glad you were able to do that. Um, now, what steps do you take daily to improve? Yeah, so um, organization is a big one for me. Um, I, I read. Um, I, I you know the, the 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 biggest thing for me right now um, is is not crossing off the goals that I've set for myself. I'm a big person. I'm a big believer in staying within the day. Um, and not looking too far out. I realize you got to forecast, you got to set these goals, but you know, I, uh, I follow and read a lot of stuff on Navy SEALs because I like the mindset of it. And you know, how does somebody really get through that training and what do they do? And what I've really come to find, um, with most of them. And we, I had Bud Adams on who was a Navy SEAL and he wrote the book six days of hell. It's about hell week. And, and, he described that, you know, a lot of the reason people, the SEALs make it through is because of their background. They grew up, didn't grow up much, or they had a lot of a, a misfortune early on. So they knew how to deal with it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is key. Um, but they also stayed within the moment. They didn't look too far ahead. They didn't look back. They just focused on where they were. And so for me, that's uh, really uh, how I try to improve myself every day. You, you attack every evolution as it comes. When you, if you get turned away to have to do other stuff, you come back. You just com- continually knocking those tasks off to complete, to get done too. So um, that's a biggie for me. Okay. I love that. Um, I was recently able to interview Je- or, uh, for a chapter in one of the books, interview uh-huh. Jeff Wilbig, who is Navy SEAL Team 5, SEAL Team sure. 7, uh, yeah. number one sniper yeah. uh, for all of special sports is uh, pretty awesome. But it's the same type of thing like you were thinking. He, he talks about being in the moment and focusing yeah. on not the next hour, but the next second or the next three seconds and trying to force through that next, next minute. So, yeah. And I think that the thing, especially with that's cool. First of all, is, is, you know, I think people think of that and they're like, well, yeah, but I'm not in the military. I'm not in combat. And that's exactly the point you're missing that that you can relate this to real life, especially entrepreneurs and business. I mean, that's what they're doing to a certain extent. Some of them maybe not even realize they're doing it, but you you have so many things just personally as getting into this entrepreneur thing over the last 12 to 18 months is you have to be that way and you have to continually train yourself to um to be even more focused um and um it's a real it's a real technique and i think once you master that you're able to master a lot of stuff in a in a, in a quicker thing the other part is and you kind of touch on this curtis in our interview but um i think one of the things i always am trying to do is is i want to learn something new every week and i really am a big believer in problem solving quickly um and under duress a pressure and so um i'm a huge believer in if you have that set of skills um that that helps you in a lot of other wet fronts. And so sometimes you got to put yourself through that as, as a, just as in practice. Uh, but sometimes uh, you're going to come through those things and, and you, you, you got to constantly evaluate what you're doing, what you can improve on. Okay. That's, that's great advice. Also, what is your advice for someone making an important decision? Yeah, I think, um, uh, think things through. Uh, but once you make the decision, don't look back. Um, I think um, one of the things I did for a long time was worried about what I didn't do right. And I worried about what I wasn't going to do right. And so again, this kind of, I don't want it to sound like the same answer as before, but um, think things through and um 
don't be afraid to to try different things. Um, there, there are so many opportunities out there right now outside of your normal career um, that that I think it, with, with technology, technology and social media and you and all these things, they're not this thing that you need a, a seven year degree for. They just you just got to focus and find the time to work through them. Um, and uh, I believe that there's just so many opportunities out there for people to really. Um, kind of make a mark in, in an area they never thought they were capable of doing if they're if they're not afraid to try it. Here's the other thing too. Um, I think we'll see more and more. I think the statistics already show it. Um, self uh, doing creating your own courses based on what you know uh, is a biggie. And I really am trying to push people uh, into creating a course um, based on their own experiences. There are tons of people out there that want to buy that stuff. Yeah. And um, and learn offhand. It just it's the way that the world is kind of moving. So I really am a big believer in that. Okay, awesome. Can you tell me about a specific moment that set you on the path you're on now? I know you spoke about the yeah. Acromegula and, and yeah, that, yeah. but what made you actually turn that into a into a podcast and a business? And yeah, it, but, there was actually one moment I think that probably defines it. So I was, uh, you know, I so one of the things I have to, I think by nature I'm kind of high strung a little bit. I've always kind of maybe been that way. I don't know high strung is the right word. I get a little fine tuned, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, I have to take testosterone shots. So again, I'm getting all this stuff for free that most guys want. I got to get it just to get the break even, but it can really get you going 100 miles an hour mentally and kind of screw with you. And so I was at the doctor uh, right before all this kicked, right before I got finally said, screw it, I'm going to do all this. And I was, I had to go in because I had really bad stress and it was causing my stomach to, for my, for my other, for my real job. I have a full-time job too. And it was causing stress and it was, my stomach was creating this acid. It was coming to my throat. I thought I had some type of throat cancer, quite honestly. It was really freaking me out. And she said, the doctor said, well, you really just have this stress is creating this issue. And she's like, have you thought about ever going on an anxiety medication? And you have to understand, I'm on all kinds of drugs for my stuff. If when you lose your pituitary gland, you're a walking pharmacy. I have to get shots every two weeks. It's just ridiculous. And I, yeah, no, nah, it's not for me. She's like, well, you should just try it because it will just take, slow you down. And honestly, Curtis, within three or four weeks, I was in a state of mind I'd never been in. So uh, that was the turning point. I'm not advocating for people to go get on anxiety medication. I think there's probably people on who don't need to be on it, quite honestly. But for myself, who probably needed to be on it well before it, the best way I can I can answer your question is by finally balancing myself out. My creativity and my drive were going the same speed versus before one was going in reverse and one was going forward. I think I've always had the the will and the want, but I couldn't get them on mashed up, and that's really was the turning point for me. I went through. Years of doing that, the uh, whether it was testosterone, siphonator, and yeah. anthate or different injections. And for one thing, those are those are some massive. That's not an insulin needle. That's not a, oh, not a fun shot you got to do, huh? Oh my god! So let me. Uh, yeah. So I'm on the growth. I'm on this growth uh, hormone blocker, and it's called Sandosatin. They've recently changed the needle, but it was like you're giving a shot to a horse. I mean, it was so ridiculous. So yeah. yeah. Oh my yes. Like they're shooting peanut butter through it or something. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, that's part of the process, but uh, probably not a good visual for everybody either. I apologize in advance. But, um, yeah, you know, you just you you uh, it's trial and error. And um, I, you got to be able to 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 have the drive that you could do, but you also have to feel good about what you're doing. The other thing is, too, is, is I think for me is I finally felt comfortable in my own skin. That is so important. 
when you if you don't feel that way, that can just really be a a, a really a, a hard thing to deal with. Well, and one of the things you're doing that I've seen with your podcast and the different stuff like that, that forces you to become comfortable in your skin as you as walking around yeah. getting on video, things like that. That oh my god, such a good point. So I because you know like I had never been on social media at all. I was on social media for like seven days in 2007 or 2008, honestly, and uh, just just didn't do it and. Yeah, I went from hiding from everything to like throwing myself out. Really, I mean, from one extreme to the next, and that's what I mean. I think I just kind of felt balanced out. And you know what? The funny thing is, nobody cared because I'm not, I'm not a big deal. Like you make this stuff up in your head. Yeah. I, I sent all these pictures out of people of myself. I thought I looked ridiculous. You know what? You know what happened? Nothing. Nobody cared. Yeah. And so that's the thing, and that's the point. And and you're right. And and it took me a little bit to get used to doing this and. My voice now is like, I'm like, I can, I don't think I've ever really been afraid to get up and talking in front of people. And that's the next phase of what I do is really speaking. I really love that stuff. I love to get animated and tell some of these ridiculous stories that went on with these surgeries. And um, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's trying to get people uh, to get out of their shell too. Curtis is really the key thing. You know, um, I'm lucky enough to be with you and uh, I've been with you on some other meetings and, and um I just feel like this whole community of entrepreneurs and what people are doing, it's like, it's like this whole new world that I never even knew existed. It, people want to see people succeed and help and share. And, and it's, um, it's cool to be part of that. Yeah, that's right. And you're a great storyteller. You've got me giggling at all kinds of stuff that I shouldn't be laughing at. Well, yeah, that's, right. that's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, but I think that's the thing, you know, and there's, you know, you, you and I both know there's people out there who just, just horrific thing. I interviewed Bobby Henlein. Go out and Google Bobby. if you've heard this, he's his self-title, not mine, the well-done comedian, because he had 40% of his body burned in, in a blast in Iraq. You know, I mean, the guy has the greatest sense of humor and he's he com- completely his body was just just tortured. So you've got to be able to make fun of it. And you got to be able to. Do it. And when you figure those things out, I guess I'm telling you, like a whole new world opens up. And um, I know it's easier said than done. And, and, and I'm I can be more vain than anybody. But man, you just you got to learn how to get through it. It's the same thing with social media. OK, like social media is this huge ball. And it, it's just rolling and people are new like myself. Yeah, no, I'm going to do it this way and this way. Mm, not so much. And it just kicks you out of the way. You got to get behind it and ride the coattails of it. And that's the same thing with all this adversity stuff. So, okay. So if you could recommend one book for our audience, what would that be? Oh man, that's a great question. Why'd you have to ask me that right now? Uh, I'm reading, well, I just bought yesterday persuasion. So I want to say that's the one I can't remember who the author is on that one. Um, boy, I can't remember what I put my shoulders on this. I've read, uh, You'd mentioned The Tattooist of Auschwitz before. Oh, gosh, yeah. What am I talking about? Yeah, that's a fantastic book. So if you're not familiar, it's about um, – it's, it's a true story. It's based on, on um, obviously, the, the concentration camps of World War II, or one of them specifically Auschwitz, which I suppose probably means all of them. Just amazing, amazing story about this individual who – who ends up getting picked to be the person who tattoos the numbers on the individuals when they bring him in off the train. And uh, just amazing how he is able to 
keep himself going through all of it. And um, I won't give too much away. I really, I, I, I really don't see how this does not get made into a movie. It's just an unbelievable story. Very horrific. Uh, the way that, that um, the Nazis thought and, and the abuse, and of course everybody knows how bad it was, but how they detailed the book is pretty amazing because he's able to manipulate some of the guards uh, and they don't even realize he's doing it. And I imagine there was others who were, when they were in those camps, were able to do those. I think it's a great, great story uh, to summarize uh, of how you, when you put your mind to something and you are forced to really overcome, you can. Um, you just may have to try things that you haven't tried before, which is very kind of the similar to the people we bring on. Um, and, um, yeah, fantastic book. Okay, yeah, that's that sounds great. I haven't I haven't checked that out. I in the last number of years, I think I've read one book that wasn't a, a self help book or yeah. a personal development so, book. But yeah, that'd be a good thing. You know, I, I'm flawed here. Uh, I cannot get into reading self help books all the time. Like, I I I know I need to. Uh, if anybody needs to, um, I, you know, I what I really love to do is read. I really encourage people to read biographies to you. I think that, you know, just because, and I'm big on history stuff. I think when you read biographies, first of all, you can, or autobiographies, whatever, you can, um, you just get a perspective on what uh, other people were doing um, or what they did to succeed um, or how they got through their, um, their, their issues. Even if it was a hundred years ago, a lot of the same principles are still there. I mean, or leadership. If you're a good leadership leader 90 years ago, you you would probably still be a good leader today. If you look at Thomas Edison, you know the things he was doing in late 1800s, early 1900s. I mean, you know. So I, I just you can't go wrong, really. I guess what I'm saying by reading really anything, quite honestly, if, if it's going to help educate you. So the other thing, Curtis, I'll tell people too is I don't know um, how much of your, how big your audience is into music, but one of the things I really am the big I love music, and I I've started to, to, to try to learn how to play the guitar. I I I have tried to start to learn how to play the guitar. I really am fascinated, love it. We actually are bringing on some people uh, this early this year to talk about music therapy. I'm a big believer in that type of thing and art therapy too. I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but uh, you know what I found with, 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 with reading books on musicians, different mindset and um, interesting point of view on things and how they looked at stuff, hyper-focused. Uh, and so I really encourage that as well. Okay, cool. What character traits do you value the most? I, I value people who aren't afraid to try new things, um, who aren't afraid to uh, fail. I think uh, I think that's an easy kind of cop out answer because um, certainly people don't want to lose all their money and they don't want to, you know, be in a life or death situation. But um, you know, people who aren't afraid to 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 throw themselves out there um, for something they believe in. Um, you know, um, I didn't know when I started this podcast, if anybody would download it, you know, you're hoping you do, you, you know, I knew my mom was going to, my wife would, but other than that, I, you know, I, how do you know? Yeah. And it just started again. It turns out again, I didn't have a whole lot of family members were even downloaded. I don't know what that says about my family, but so it means people are out there listening. Um, but yeah, I like, I like pe people who aren't afraid and people who are intelligent. I am up in that way my entire life who, who are, who who are intelligent yet humble. And when you talk to them, you clearly know like this individual is, is, is the real deal. Um, and uh, I, I, a lot of that's God given. 
but a lot of people work hard at being articulate as well. And and you don't have to be the greatest speaker to, to be the most intelligent person. But uh, I, I like when you hear somebody talk and they're very well spoken. And that's one thing. Myself, I am a terrible speaker. I've I've uh, I'm doing Toastmasters and different things, trying to trying to learn to become a better sure. speaker. Um, I've, I've spoke at different events, you know, Caesar's Palace and different things. Yeah. Um, but I would not call myself a speaker. But uh, talking about intelligent people, one of the things that people a lot of times when I'm speaking to them, they say, "Well, I'm not I'm not that smart." Or, you know, a lot of folks are are more intelligent than me or whatever. So sure. I'm choosing to do nothing with my life. Because exactly. I wasn't given that exactly. But the thing that, uh, you know, I'm definitely not the smartest guy around, but on average, if, you know, if it doesn't matter what you're studying. If you start reading or listening to podcasts or audiobooks or whatever, if every spare minute that you've got is, is focused on late reading the books or whatever, then you will become a whole lot more intelligent than the guy totally. who's got that God-given gift that doesn't exercise it. So totally agree. I mean, that's a great point, and 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 I I think that you know a great example that I didn't know anything about social media at like zero. It's just it's putting the time in and the study in, and and I, I'm you know that's a great point you brought up when you talk to somebody and they say I'm not as intelligent. You know, I don't think like that. I think okay, this individual is smart as hell. I got to get behind them and and figure out how. That I, how do I manipulate the situation so that I can learn from what they're doing? And I don't mean manipulate in a bad way. Um, studying their methods and studying their methods. And um, I am a huge, huge advocate of time management. And like I get so the, the one thing that drives me nuts, Curtis, is I cannot stand it when I waste my time. It drives me bonkers right and i don't have like you, you, the, the three businesses but like i'm especially as you get older it's like that's what you got like i, I don't know if people I, I cannot imagine sitting on the couch and watching tv all day on sunday or saturday there's just no way those are like two of the most valuable days out of the year that nobody uses if you think about it you get 104 of those days a year the time though people sit and do nothing is 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 crazy and and i think what intelligent people do or small people do or leaders try to do is they use that time to their advantage so um, I think where I was going with that is, is um, being intelligent is a lot more than just being able to recite everything out of a book or knowing chemistry. It's it's those types of things. And the funny thing about that is people who do sit around on Saturday and Sunday or after they get off work and, and uh, sit around and watch Netflix or whatever. Right. Are always the people that later are commenting on folks that are out you know, doing the work and putting in. That's they're right. always the one that are criticized and say, it must be nice. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Like, no, that guy gave up years of his life That's having, right. a, having no life in order right. to be in the position there. And now and nobody just wakes up successful or the majority, unless you're. No, I totally. Or something. Well, we were talking about this earlier when we were, when, when, when we were on my podcast and you're talking about, yeah, I was doing all this, but nobody knew I was doing these 5,000 things behind it and working my rear end off. And that, that's, that's the point of it. I'm with you. And I think that stuff's hilarious to I me. Mean, I don't know if you're like this, but you know, it's like, I, I let all that crap in one ear, not the other. And like, you, you've got way too much time on your hand. Like that's why I always see when some people, you know, get so uh, flustered and inundated with stuff that's going on that they have no control over. Like, who cares? You know, they took that energy and put it into something constructive. Like they would be dangerous, you know, but I, I realize that's not how it's going to be. And, and uh, I am not perfect by any means. I don't, that's not what I mean. Certainly I, I'm my own worst enemy, but um, I do think you can you can get off on you can get out of your wheelhouse on what you really are should be doing uh, and, and real easy. So one of the things I love is seeing people who have taken you've absolutely maximized yeah. something that could have been an affliction. Yeah, uh, that's something I really admire about you in particular is 
you've taken that and turned that into a platform and a this whole other thing that's helping people rather than yeah, well, sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I and 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 the one thing I'm very proud of about having this disease is I, I really didn't I complained, but I really just. I didn't necessarily want to be present in a lot of stuff, but um, it's funny, you know, using this to my advantage now, do you know how many things you can come up with like giant or big hit or like, it's endless. Like, I, so when you speak and you talk about these, 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 and you, the adjectives you can use, which is, is all part of your presentation. And um, yeah, I appreciate saying it. it's, it's, it's weird. Um, Curtis, because, you know, I talk to all these, I get to interview all these people on, on my podcast and almost all of them at the end say, you know, I went through this horrific thing, but I wouldn't change it for anything because what I get to do now. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest thing. And, and, and I feel the same way. It just took me longer to figure that out. Um, but, um, I think that's probably the case with most people, um, because they, they unlocked this thing that they would have never unlocked had they not gone through the incident. And that's, that's really the adversity, but uh, the adversity creates opportunity factor. And and um, I just think it, there's a ton there. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I, I know you've dealt with a whole lot of crazy stuff. You're talking about some of the hospital stuff that yeah. sounds terrible, but how do you push through tough times? Well, that's a great question. So, um, you know, for myself, it's, it's uh, anymore for myself, it's, it's knowing that um, there's eventually an end game to it. Um, and what you're going through now is going to help you down the road. You just don't know how it's going to help you yet. And, um, you know, I, I try to stay as positive as possible. One of the things I do that I think really helps me now is, is, you know, I still try to make fitness a big deal for myself and it's not anywhere near what it used to be. I, in fact, I use resistance bands, uh, for most part. Um, and, and I like to wear myself out. I think when you were able to wear yourself out mentally, it helps you prepare for those tough times. So there's kind of a lot of stuff that I kind of goes into it. It's fitness. It's, um, you know, we have a fitness app called resistance assistance, fitness made easy. And, um, it's, it's, it's putting that it's, it's constantly trying to be creative and push yourself to learn new things. When you get into a tough situation and then we were talking about this earlier problem solving. Yeah, I can figure it out. I can tell you this, learn how to be an entrepreneur on, on the fly, reading, watching things online, doing all these things. Um, is, isn't anything you'll ever get out of a book or a class. And yeah, it just it, it just prepares you to do uh, other things well, and it prepares you to get through tougher situations uh, okay. easier. Cool, I love that. What inspires you? I know we talked about that before, but... Yeah, uh, what inspires... Somebody who can make click funnels work. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, is that drives me nuts? Uh yeah, I think somebody's who's who's uh who's doing what they love full time. You you do. I mean, you're you're doing what you what you appear to love, you know, on a, on a full time basis, and that's what I want to be doing. I want to be able to get to a position where I'm successful enough where I can help others on a greater level. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who need help. Obviously, uh, I'd love to be able to create a forum um, to where I can um, hold massive conferences of stuff that's all revealing healing. And, and help people who are visually impaired, who can't hear. Um, I hate watching the videos on YouTube where you see somebody hearing for the first time when they're 25. It's not that I, I hate seeing that person. I just hate seeing that somebody's had to go that long. So that's yeah. really what inspires me to try to help others. Um, I, you know, people suffer through their own doing. And that's, you know, one thing. And, and But there's a whole bunch of people who suffer because they just weren't lucky. And yeah. um any way you can try to help those people. I think, I think when you're into that point where you're doing that is the most self-fulfilling thing you can do in my personal opinion. Okay. I 
Man, I love that answer too. Now, as you, you'll run into this a whole lot more as you start, as your podcast explodes and when you start speaking and stuff. Oh man, I, I appreciate yeah. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I, I can tell that's going to be a huge thing for you. And I hope you keep pursuing the speaking and the, the yeah. different things you're working on. How do you prioritize opportunities? Well, that's, yeah, that's a great question. So um, I haven't narrowed to, to first uh, what's going to help me the most financially. Um, so that I can continue the machine moving. So the, the, the number one priority for me is, is speaking gigs because, um, I really feel like speaking could be a full-time thing for me. Um, just because, uh, for one, the, the way I was diagnosed was through, through a dentist and some other dentists really weird. It's a whole story in itself. Um, because of what happens to your mouth and your teeth with the disease acromegalia turns out dental associations and dentist offices are kind of a huge open market for speaking. And so, um, I really think that all dentists should learn about this disease as they're going to school. So I'm, how I prioritize, I prioritize things right now, um, Curtis is based on what's going to help me mo- the most financially to continue the, the machine moving along. And that's really it. So it goes speaking podcasts, uh, speaking fitness app podcast, um, and then adversity university, all of them are important. I put as much time into all of them as I can, but I'm willing to put a podcast interview on hold to take a speaking gig right now, because that's the most important thing. I, I, I'll get paid for that. Um, and so that's kind of how I I'm prioritizing the entrepreneurial stuff personally. Um, what can help me um, be the most successful? That's what I'm talking about. Trying to learn how to play guitar, uh, I learned how to play chess last year. I want to learn the Rubik's Cube. I want to learn how to dominate a Rubik's Cube. Brought this whole method to figure out on you. Got that. I want to learn how to do that. So those types of things, I think when you push yourself to learn those types of things, it helps on this other platform. Um, so I try to take any opportunity I can to, when I'm speaking, um, to uh, think about what I'm saying, cut out the ums, the posture, the animation, um, and all those types of things. So it's a constant, it's a constant thing. It's a full-time thing. I'm the, I'm the world's most important entrepreneur who has made the least amount of money, Curtis. How about that? How does that sound? So, but 2020 is going to be a big one. So um, it's, uh, you know, how it goes. It, it takes you a while to get in the game and figure things out. So. Okay. I've got one more question for you. Yeah. What advice would you give to your 18 year old self? If you go back, oh, man, uh, read more. Um, I think, if simple answer, short answer, read more. I was a terrible reader up until the last few years ago. And by terrible reader, I just didn't read. Um, I would have, I was too focused on doing other things, drinking or, well, I'm not an alcoholic, but, but you know, I too focused on the wrong things. Um, so my 18 year old self, I would, uh, I would really push myself to, to read more. And I would really push myself more to do more. Um, and not get so caught up in what other 18-year-olds are doing. It probably sounds like a cliche, um, but I I just think the world we live in, even in 1994, that's when I was 18, you know, there was a lot of opportunity. And I, you know, I I just, I wasn't going where I needed to go, which ultimately is why I had to go, why I basically had to go into the military, went into the military. But um, in today's world, you know, with, with all of the opportunities that are out there through social media and just technology, it's, it's endless on what you can do. Um, I just, the, the career path of somebody, you know, I, I work uh, in my real job. I work, uh, I'm involved in employment and workforce. And um, you can spend a lot of money going to college 
and not get a whole lot out of it or go into a completely different field. Um, I'm a big believer in learning things on your own. And that is, is probably the second thing I would have done when I was 18. I mean, reading is one part of it, but really pushing myself to do these other things uh, to be as mentally strong as I could be. Cool, man. I love that. I would, uh, I'd agree completely that I'm one of the ones that went to, went to college, got a degree yeah, and, and have never used it. No, it's, it was right. good to put myself through the right. forcing myself to go to that next step. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've learned more. I would say the majority of each book I read that, mm-hmm. I read that I read each month. I mean, I learn more in a book in a single book sure. that, that can be turned into a monetization, you know, turn, turn into a totally. something that produces profit. I'll learn more in, in a book that takes a couple days to read than I do in, than I did in my entire college career there. So. Absolutely. And I, and, and I'm the same way, you know, I went to school to be a, for business management after I got out of the Navy and, you know, they, you know, unfortunately you don't learn how to be a manager in college. You learn that on the job. So that's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother discussion. But um, I, I think for any 18 year old out there now, or even anyone, um, you know, we put so much emphasis on getting that degree, but there, there are other ways that you can self-educate yourself and be the most successful person out there. So call that, man. Thanks again so much for your time. And yeah. I sure appreciate you. Is the best way to get a hold of you if people are looking to schedule interviews or be on your podcast? Is that RyanWest.live? Yeah, yep. Go to it, or, or you can email me at info at RyanWest.live or go to the website and you can sign up right through there. RyanWest.live. That's correct. Sounds good. I'll put a link to that in your in your show notes. I've got RyanWest.live slash podcast as your podcast episodes. That's it. That's cool. it. I'll, uh, I'll put a link there on your on your show notes for you. Okay, man. Hey, I appreciate coming on your show, Curtis. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, see ya. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the Success, Motivation, and Inspiration podcast. And head over to successmotivationinspiration.com for show notes and more tools to fuel your passion.